Good morning, everybody. This is the big kickoff. It's the 24th of September, and uh, I've already said it, so I can't say it twice, or will I say it twice? This is the big kickoff. Yes, and good morning once again here on the 24th of September for the big kickoff here in Liffey Sound 96.4. Anyone wants to get in touch with today, it's 87 Our email address is info at liffeysoundfm.ie. Or follow us on our Facebook page. Apologies for the old muffins here. We took them too too early, didn't we? <laughs> no, too too late. We uh, yeah no we, we we forgot they were there. So that's it. Excuse me. No, I'm ready. How are you, morning, morning, Shannon? How are you, morning? This is <laughs> the bad start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this early morning, Lark. Uh, yeah, good, really good, really good. It's uh, our FIFA 18 day. Get in. Uh, roll on Friday. It's like Christmas all over. <laughs> Will you get FIFA 18 now, or will you wait till Christmas? Jesus, no, there's no way I'm waiting. Now, I'll probably get it, I might get it Saturday, because the wife's birthday on Friday, and if I get a Friday, it's game over for her, so hopefully she's still asleep at this stage, so I think I'll wait till Saturday morning. But then again, will it still be around? Uh, Smiths have announced that they are going to open midnight Thursday. Oh, where are they? Just for that game? See, we'll explain it later. There's different editions and stuff like that, and people seem very excited about what they want to get their hands on. Right. So it's not just straightforward, just grab the... Grab the case and off you go. There's different editions for more money and stuff, but you get more bang for your buck with them and all that. So, right, so yeah. we'll we get on to that anyway. Yeah. So anyway, what's on today, my man? Um, well, as you said, we've got, uh, we're going to talk FIFA 18, so we're going to break it down, have a look at it, um, and uh, I suppose see, see how good it is. Yeah. But also uh, talk about the new features they have and uh, yeah. etc. Well, we might talk about David Myler as well, who ah, seems yes, to lads. revolve his life around it. Uh, we also have uh, John O'Regan in, who is uh, an ultra runner. Yep. And he has done huge 24 hour ma- marathons, endless. 100k marathons, <laughs> you know, seven, seven mm. runs. And he's probably done days. a marathon or two as well, I presume. Uh, well, yeah, he, he has. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> this man doesn't stop running. So, yeah, we have John in today, and, and, and he's currently on route somewhere, probably halfway out the M4 there, <laughs> running away <laughs> via Nairobi. If he drove today, I tell you, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that's it. And there's other fun and frolics. Obviously, we're going to go through some of the weird, and weird uh, wonderful stuff that happened in in, in the last the week or so. Worlds, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going to kick off with a bit of a outside the box here or your song because um, we're playing off the FIFA 18 soundtrack today. That's right. And this is Ireland's finest. What is their name, my good sir? It's it's uh, yeah yeah. Leave it with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the, the the artist is called Outsider, but the but title the song is, is uh, yeah, it's an Irish. Which is let's play it <laughs> <laughs> as Mielmore Mara. Yeah, good good man.
Not a bad opener, if I'm allowed to say so. It's a good song. And Outsider, because I, I don't know much about them. <clears throat> no, that's yeah. the only thing I know about them. Yeah, well, I, I say the, 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 the title of the song was the giveaway to potentially that they were Irish. I was like, no, well, no, they, they, actually, they actually had on the list, because I was, I, I was looking at it there during uh, last night, and every country that they're from was down the side. Also, oh, so it, it was, we can say it quite confidently. It stood out straight away. <laughs> but there's like there is some really good tracks on this. I, yes. I, I was thinking, ah, oh, it's nice. <clears throat> really good tracks, and we've yeah, picked a so few for definitely going to be new and interesting bands that not a lot of us might know. Like all J and National and a few others are on it, but yeah, and they're not the better songs, I yeah. have to say. And there's some tripe on it as well. I have of to course, say, uh, Stormzy is on it. What? What? Or non- what? Or nonsense? I've never Stormzy's. heard. Ah, brutal. Brutal. Whoever listens to that should be put down. Rubbish. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say what Stormzy would say in a previous track. Shuts up! <laughs> there you go. That says it all. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to kick off um, uh, one of my major headlines. Andy Carroll still has long hair, mate. Yeah. Yeah, he still has long hair. With a little bit of hint of blonde. <laughs> with a bit of hint of blonde. I was a bit Because he walked in with it down yesterday. I was watching right. a bit of West Ham and Spurs. And I was like, well, I'll put that down in my notes. Andy Carroll's hair is still long. <laughs> with a hint of blonde. He's, he's mixing up a bit. But uh, yeah, when he came on, he was effective yesterday. But, uh, you know, Spurs done the damage. And then it was a bit of a rock and roll 20 minutes. But it, most it, importantly, West Ham trashed the, the ground again after the match. Oh, that's what well, that's standard now, yeah. isn't it? So they're singing We Hate Tottenham uh, in, in, in behind the stands and wrecking the place and all thinking they're great. Right. Child, you know, right. so that's uh, what I wanted to mention about that game. I, was not, I know Spurs won, but yeah, West Ham are at it again. Um, what else was there from that game? No, that was it. Well, Chicharito, I thought, was a bit spoiled in the last 15 minutes. Like, it was very much like every pass that was going wrong, the arms were getting more animated and this, that. And he was like, listen, relax. Is he turning Sanchez? Yeah, I don't know. It was a bit of an act. Like, once he got the goal, all of a sudden, this act, like, there was one first time cross, and it was a perfectly decent first time cross. Now, we got a great header on it, but it was. Because it was directly at him, he'd done well to direct towards goal, but he's roaring at I think it was Noble that put it in front of him. But when the balls roll back to you like that, you can't be too fussy about how accurate you are. You're just putting a decent ball in the ball. And then tiny little things, and you're kind of going, right, mate, what's, what's the frustrations here? Is it because you're at West Ham, or is it because we're losing? What's going on? But it was just a bit irritating. If he had just been a bit more relaxed, a bit cooler, calm, like he's the experienced head now on that yeah. team. So it's like, right, roll up your sleeves and drag the team along. Because like, they were there for the take and they went down to 10 men. He couldn't, have, possi- he couldn't have possibly went to West Ham knowing that they weren't West Ham. Exactly. You know, you that's know, he's that's what they are about. You you know? Know? They're trying to take them on to the next level, but it's, not gonna, it's certainly not going to change overnight. No. They're, no. And they're not amazing team. You know, There's nothing no. special about them. They are what they are. Mm-hmm. So, What have you got there, my man, to start off with? <coughs> um, Rio Ferdinand. Oh, yeah. Rio Ferdinand has confirmed he is to take up professional boxing at the age of 38. <laughs> now, did you see him? Did you see the pictures of him? Uh, in fairness to him, fair he's ripped. he looks fantastic. He's ripped. But yeah. then again, we've seen with Conor McGregor, you can be ripped and you have to have... Cash yourself out, yeah. Well, you still can cash yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. As, as part of Betfair's Defender to, to, to Contender project, <laughs> all right, the former England and Manchester United Defender has linked up with former world champion Richie Woodhall to yeah, achieve yeah. big success in the ring. Um, what do you think? Ah, look, give him a go, let him at it. Um, hopefully, if they take it seriously, grand, good luck. 
go off and train and spar and see what it's like. But, you know, I personally, I don't want to see another Freddie Flintoff uh, fight because that was silly. It was a bit of a joke shop. They got a bum in from America and Flintoff got put down and everything and slapped him around for four rounds and just barely got the decision. So hopefully I'd like to give him more credit that he put a bit more. Not, not that Freddie didn't put seriousness. He actually genuinely did. But yeah. If he's going to be on TV, if he's going to be watched by the public, I, I, I hope there's something about him proper. And if it's not, I'd like them to do the, the, the proper thing and not do it. Now, Betfair are going to exploit no matter what. Of course, anyway. yeah. Of course yeah. But um, I just hope it we, looks plausible. We have a clip here of Rio Ferdinand telling us why he's after going into it. Yeah. When people ask me, what do you miss in football? It's the competitive edge, it's the pushing myself mentally and physically, going into the places that are, are difficult to, to, to be comfortable in. And this is an opportunity to get that back now uh, with boxing. I'm totally respectful of, of the boxing fraternity. I'm not here to sit and say I'm going to be a heavyweight champion or a cruiserweight champion and, and disrespect the boxing world like that. I've accepted a challenge. Can I get through hurdles to be on the way to become a, a professional, get my license, and then maybe go on for a, a bout? There's many hurdles to get over before that then points come. You have been through a lot in the last couple of years, personally. Is part of this to do with a release of some of the anger or frustration or hurt you've been through and how your kids feel when they see you being hit in the ring? Yeah, I think you can funnel things like that through through training and through 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 fighting and, and, and doing that. And this is a great way to channel that. If I've got any emotions that I want to get out, this is a great way of doing that um, in a controlled environment. So that is definitely in, in, in the back of my mind. But my children, the first thing they said to me was, Dad, don't get knocked out. So I'll, I'll be wanting to make sure that in my household, first and foremost, I'll come back through that door with some respect. So, yeah. so basically... He's getting, he probably, ha- if you're a professional footballer, you leave that sport. There's a lot of time in your hands if you haven't got any, I suppose, projects, whether it's uh, putting your money out there on, you know, real estate or whatever it is. But you need to keep your mind busy. So, and with all that's happened to him, as he said, maybe you need to keep your mind busy. And maybe this is just something uh, as a, a year or two year project. We'll just have a little go of it. We'll enjoy it. <clears throat> That's and it. Don't like, expect too much from it. When you um, when you hear ex pros and when they're talking, it's 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 the edge. It's the roar, the crowd. Like you, you don't get that back. Yeah, that thrill of testing yourself every week. And uh, he's in it. Good luck to him. And but it sounds that if you take it at face value, he's going to take it seriously. And it's not just a paycheck because, in fairness, he doesn't need it. I'm sure he's well comfortable. Ah, yeah, he's so Betfair paying him millions upon millions. So this is more. Yeah, I like it. It's given me purpose in life. And yeah. of course, with everything that's gone on, good luck to him. And as I said, I think he'd take it seriously. And I just, hopefully, he looks solid, look composed. And it's, he looks assured whenever yeah. we do get to see him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, but even Frampton said it. I think he tweeted, like, good luck to him. I don't care. He says, Grant, get out there, train, be with whoever you are. And whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Well, he knows. Not? He knows this isn't necessarily a McGregor Mayweather circus. He knows. Look, good luck to him. Let him train. And he's let having see a what go. He, yeah. See what he's like. It's not going to affect us. He's not going to be ch- challenging for world titles. So he might be half decent, and, and you know, again, and it might help other pro fighters because if he's on the card, more bums might go onto the seats for yeah, that undercard, and lads make more money. So look, good might, luck to him. Might be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. and he's ripped. And um, just a quick mention about uh, Lizzie Dignan. Um, uh, British cyclist World Road Cycling Championships yesterday our lovely prima donna footballers and a few other sports people who have little sore thumbs and toes and bones and they kind of oh I have to be off the 
on the treatment table for a couple of weeks. Lizzie uh, got her appendix removed um, three weeks, just three weeks ago. And uh, she ran out and, well, cycled out in Bergen yesterday. How did she? And uh, she finished 41st. She'd done a bit for the team. It was more, I'm going out and I see what happens. And I'll credit to her, whatever. I can't see the exact distance here. Oh, yeah, there you go. 182.5 kilometre course. And, uh, yeah, she managed to finish 41st. Now, she wouldn't have been one of the favourites as it was, but she is quite, she is, she's one of their top riders and she has it, she would have had a realistic shot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, three weeks ago, she had her bit of next room and there she was out doing her bit for Britain there last year. Doesn't it show you, excuses are just that, excuses. Yeah. You can lean on them as much as you want or yeah. you can just go for it. Yeah. And uh, our, our pal Froome came toward in the, 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 the time trial during the week. It was a, it was a great time trial because it's nice and flat, but the last 2K is literally a mountain. Like it was a windy turn to San Francisco style thing. So I think that's why he went for it because right. it's not just straight flat. But I'm kind of glad he didn't win because if he had a one, I'd be like, ah, oh, here. Like they're going to be hounding you, mate. Yeah. So maybe strategically got his bronze medal. He wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, as I said a couple of weeks ago, he's starting to get the old Lance Armstrong statistics and you can't help but feel like it, the game is ruined. Like it's ruined, isn't it? Cycle. Yeah, yeah. No matter what, he could be one of the greatest cyclists of all time, but you can't help but feel. Mm, I'm not it's sure. Low, do you know what? Until probably another 40 years and they haven't found out any backstory or anything yeah. like that, that's probably when he's going to get the credit. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And he could be dead then. So. <laughs> it's not a good sport to be in, really, no, is it? No, it's not, no, unfortunately. No. And the heartache. I mean, some of the pictures of the crashes and uh, I think Froome, after one of the races, legs are... Oh, yeah, he was in a couple of bad ones, all right. And even the year, was it the year before? I think he was going for the Giro. He was trying to do a double and, yeah, sure, he got... Creasing and it was game over and I think he was out of the tour the tour de France as well he, he, like he's, I think he's won three in a row now and he, he's won four out of the five and the one he missed was from a bad crash I think as well Right Premier League It's not it's the TV rights Oh Sky Sports have the TV rights at the moment I think there's, oh, there's different billion or something they yeah, pay for this and there's one, different TV packages and yeah, BT yeah. have part of that That's right Match of the Day obviously and BBC have the highlights edition and all. but they reckon the next time that they come up for the shout, yeah. Uh, Sky Sports could get obliterated, and BT could get obliterated by and BBC by Amazon, Google, and Facebook. They oh. reckon that these are going to come in, and this is nearly a certainty that basically it says Sky's dominance of the Premier League TV rights in England has been long and profitable but is now under serious threat from the world's biggest digital media companies prepared to muscle in and take over <laughs> Tennis ATP World Tour have sold their rights recently to Amazon rather than in a 50 million and they be on Sky quite a lot as well yeah it's a 50 million deal with Sky mm-hmm. but they've taken over that uh, these, these rights for three year packages begin with the 2019-2020 season uh, they're set up uh, for offer later this year. So if these come in, and these aren't, these are bigger than Sky. Yeah. These are plus you've got the whole online formats and stuff like that, and your streamings, and you can literally watch Premier League game on the, on the bus. Like obviously you can do a bit like that now, but they'll probably take it to another level. Yeah. Well, well, listen to this. Sky are currently paying eleven million per match. Right. Now this is a sick money that, yeah. that's going through yeah. football. Yeah. But. But they cannot match the financial muscle of Amazon, who purchased Whole Foods for thirteen point seven billion in August, and are in the arms are in the arms race with Murdoch, Apple, and Google to become the first one trillion dollar company. Because I heard a story about the original. See, it'd be interesting. I'd love to see this now because Sky. One of the rumors of the previous one, BT won it. It's a secret 
ballot and you yeah. don't know how, how much, much people yeah. but allegedly and it was going around a lot of the circles BT won it but right. somebody managed to get back to Sky and said put in another one quick no way yeah so and wrong. obviously Sky got it again because they weren't even close apparently oh yeah because BT blew them out of the water for the Champions League one like they weren't even close again so it'd be interesting to see now what are Sky going to get up to in this because I think as we know they're dead without the football they're dead without the football Absolutely. They must put all their money into it because they some of their shows are quite poor and very repetitive now with the new channels changing. Yeah. So I have a funny feeling Sky, as much as they are a big company and all that, they must put everything into football. But they're going to have to... Like, if these take over, mm-hmm. that's Sky gone. Pretty much in the Pretty much. I thought they'll have the golf. Yeah. And, and, and the others will probably But even Sky that, as yeah. a TV provider, even the likes of Virgin, they'll all be nervous about this. Of course. Now, pr- well... That, that depends whether they're going to come up with actual TV channels as well, these Facebooks and Amazons, but they might not. Well, Amazon. I think ha- golf are dancing around it as well because that's why there was very little coverage of the last PGA Championship. Well, see, over in America, mm. Amazon, I think, have taken some of the American football. There you go. So it's already creeping in. Mm. And let's put it this way money talks. So, Absolutely. But Sky could just fall apart. Mm. It could be very interesting. Poor old Jamie Redknapp. What are we going to do without Jamie? He'd probably go to Amazon. <laughs> I won't worry about any of them. Um, let me see. Both La Liga and Major League Soccer have already made the move into legal online streaming, having mm. both paired with Facebook. Right. So it, it all seems to be, I mean, that's where the money is now. Of course it is. So it, it, could, be, it could be the beginning of the end for Sky. So enjoy your Chris Camaras and Jeff Stellings. And- <laughs> Actually, we're going to go to the ads, but uh, just a quick nod to old Jeff and Cammy about uh, their little trip around oh, the world. We'll chat about it after, will we? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're going to go to the ads and we'll come back and we'll, we'll, we'll come back with uh, Jeff and Cammy then. And that was Portugal, the man with Live the Moment. This is big kickoff here in uh, Lippy Sound 96.4. Like we said before, if you want to get in touch with us in Texas, it's 087-062-7138. So, yeah, just a quick mention to Jeff and Cammy. They commentated on the All-Ireland Final last Saturday, Sunday. They did. Yeah, there's a kind of a, a series, if anyone wants to check it out on YouTube. I think it was sponsored by the uh, AIB. AIB, yeah. And little five-minute episodes. Obviously, the last episode's going to be out tomorrow of the actual day of the final. Yeah, because I only watched them, I think it was Thursday night yeah. or Wednesday night. And but I, I was looking for the last one. Oh, really good. And I tell you, it almost gets you, jeez, I, wouldn't, I wish I missed out a little bit. Yeah. Like, like, re, like, I, like we all, everyone has different reasons if they're not involved or whatever. But I have to say... Where they went and who they went to, it was perfect and a great advertising for the game. It was. And it really sucked you in and it really introduced them into... And they picked some of the picturesque places, didn't they? Oh, of course. Like down uh, uh, Wild Atlantic Way in the Ring of Kerry, down yeah. to Dingle, out to the Aran Islands, the whole shebang. But it was very good the way they did it. It started right at the very bottom and slowly but surely got up to the elite level and they met Johnny Cooper yeah. and the whole lot. And then if the last episode finished I'm in them standing in Crow Park looking out. The dirty... Set up. Yes. Some set up, isn't no, it? No, it's incredible. They said they wouldn't even see that in ha- some of the academies in the Premier League in the teams. Premier League, yeah, but it was phenomenal. Yeah. Brilliant yeah. set up. Great facilities. And obviously, hopefully, they'll see... Um, you kind of wish you, you, you live down in the Iron Islands, don't you? Because there ah, seems to be a great camaraderie. The three islands. And they come together on the yeah. big island. Uh, the, uh, we, we trained out in the big island last week, but the, 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 the pitch on it. But anyway, the two lads did a bit of a media tour around like a couple of the radio stations and uh, TV3, I think, last Monday. And yeah... Uh, Kamara pretty much said yeah one of the 
best best games he was ever at. Like just for atmosphere alone, yeah. he said, "I've never in a stadium." Why are, like are the lads' names on TV three? Which, so, as in, I know that interview they did on TV three, the the big fella and the skinny fella. Uh, I can't think. Mark Cagney. It was yeah, it the Ma- morning Mark, show. Mark Cagney yeah, and, and I don't know the no, sports fella. Can't right? Yeah, but Mark Cagney kept trying to push that. You know, Gaelic is, it's, 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 you know, you wouldn't see this in football. You wouldn't see that. And yeah. push, you, you don't need to keep pushing that. Like, it's not professional. And, you know, in other words, trying to big it up. And I think Chris Kamara yeah. at one stage went, well, it's all a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I'll be knocking it's it. something Everything, new. Yeah. It, this is really good. Yeah, yeah. we know. Aren't we better than you really guys? Yeah. Is Ireland better than England? Get yeah, over yeah. Isn't this part obviously better because it's, you know. The two lads came over and loved it. Friends. And they did love it. They did take it up now. They and, really they, and, they gr- and they did go for it. Like, and they had a great time. Like, the bit where they end up on the island and they were given this banger of a, I think it's a star. Yeah. and the two doors are connected by a rope and that they lit- and there was no airs of grace about it he just thought it was just let's just go for- and then of course the rope got blocked by a horse and cart and the- you just couldn't get more stereotypical country Ireland yeah. they probably thought this is what happens yeah. but uh, yeah listen to it tomorrow by all accounts it's going to be good and the lads loved it and as he said the atmosphere was incredible he says he's never seen anything like it. if anything he said maybe the very first race at Cheltenham, he says, that initial roar when the force race goes out, he said, that's probably the only thing he's had closest to it. So, yeah, have a listen to that tomorrow. Um, have you went in there? Or well, I, I have. Paddy Power put something up the other day. Oh, it was interesting. It was, it was from a US radio host who had a bit of a rant. And it was a rant against his co-host. Oh. And they were talking about the, the game. Not in jest, like very much they'd start to disagree. Basically, yeah, he just wasn't happy with what okay. he was saying. So, a bit, I suppose, if I was Mark, I was with Mark Cagney, I probably might have a go at him. You know, <laughs> give it a rest. But this is this so is you what, have the clip, yeah. This is what he had to say. Did he have to throw the football? Come on, stop it already! Right, everybody's coming up with these. Oh well, this offensive lineman only twenty-seven percent of the time was Eli pressured from his left side on Monday nights when Sean McDonough's the announce. Stop! Stop creating some narrative that you everybody knows football better than somebody else. Your eyeballs tell the story. The offensive line sucks. Period. That's my stat. You want a stat? You want sabermetrics? Offensive Don look at Don LeGrecker tweeted last night or said on the Michael K show. Offensive line stinks. That's the stat. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accounts now in baseball. Uh, what is it? The Pythagorean theorem. The Pythagorean theorem said that the Red Giants offensive line, that their record should be one in one. That's the Pythagorean theorem said that the Wait, Giants offensive line, that their record should be two and all. When I talk to that, when I talk, when I talk Pythagorean theorem, I sound like that? No. Oh. The people that trust the oh. Pythagorean theorem, okay. the people that listen to the Pythagorean theorem, the people that sit there at their desk that only know the naked body through National Geographic to do the math to come up with the Pythagorean theorem. That's what they sound like. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. That's one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. And they have not gone this long without scoring 20 points since 77-78 when Joe Pisarczyk was their quarterback. Patterson played Joe. So take that with your Pythagorean theorem. The Joe Pisarczyk theorem. You're dead. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> he lost. Somebody it. didn't have his morning coffee yeah. or something. Jesus, fair play to him. He sounded. Oh, I don't sound like that when I'm saying it to. No, you don't. <laughs> Shut up. 
if you could see the video, go on to Paddy Power and and have a look at our website. Yeah, it's from uh, the Yes Network, which I know is the New York Yankee one because I know your man's voice. So, I, Jesus, I don't, I can only imagine. He because the guy in the middle who was obviously having a bit of a go at, he's not too impressed. Mike, you could see it in his name, and he just sat back and took it and said, "Because he probably knows deep down this is gold as well." I know he's having a go at me, but this is gold. Yeah, Let him have it. Because <laughs> Teddy Atlas is a well-known boxing. Guy. He had a proper rant as well the week before at the Golovkin Alvarez one. Remember the controversial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won, but he went bananas as well, like proper nuts, and it was brilliant. Like he really went nuts about the state of boxing and how corrupt it's gone and right. this that and the other it's brilliant as well so have a look at that one as well but that is quality yeah. so I heard I mentioned in the Idiots Guide the NFL Idiots Guide there a couple of weeks ago about the red zone I heard you had a little uh, I had a little look it. at it What's there last it? week yeah I was I was enjoying it it took me a little bit of time to because it's very fast paced it's, it's from one to another yeah so you're trying to get a grasp I didn't see it from the start so I'm yes. trying to get a grasp yeah. of what's happening who needs to do what yeah. but when I did catch that um, it was near the end of yeah. the game so it was actually well some of them were starting because it's different time zones yeah because like, it, it, they kind of do it in blocks of two like there's the one o'clock games like their time and then kind of the five or six o'clock games yeah yeah so there was one game oh, I can't even remember it was the Chiefs I think I think they were mm. level and it was fourth down and eight seconds left and they yeah. time, two timeouts left and they're, they're, they need a I don't know if they needed one or two tr- uh, touchdowns no 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 that was a different one. That's the, I'm See, still there's so many. Still See, up. that's the only probably give out about it. It'd be great if Sky, you're able to press the red button, especially getting to the business end of a game. And jump into if it. If there's one specific game that's tasty, or, oh, do you know what? I'm going to watch the last five minutes yeah, of this. Yeah. And I suppose that's what you're saying there. As soon as you said, I went, yeah, that'd be clever if they did that. I'm sure in yeah. the States, they, they have that option. Probably do. But it was, and it could be in Sky as well. I'm not sure, but it'd be nice if you could. Oh, screw this. I'm going to watch the end of this game. Yeah. No, because it was, it was really good. And, but, you know, again, it's, like, it's a bit like watching any sport. You're looking at them going, Why'd you make that decision for? What'd you do that for? <laughs> you become an expert. <laughs> you do, yeah. You're an expert. I wouldn't have done that and your yeah. belly's hanging out. <laughs> um, Neymar and Cavani, the headbang, ham, uh, headbangs, uh, the handbags. It's yeah. nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Made very quickly about this, but it's, it's stupid, isn't it? I, I don't know how much of it is true. Yes, of course. About the aftermath, about, yeah. you know, Neymar wanting Cavani out. I'd say that's lies. Cavani, uh, Neymar getting dropped this weekend. I'd say that's lies too. He probably does have an injury. Yeah, Champions League during the week and all that crack. But if you go out onto a football pitch and you're the new guy, no matter how big you believe yeah, you take are. take your time and slowly bully yourself to the top. Well, that's it. But again, as we said, there's a one million bonus for our top goal scorer. In Paris Saint-Germain. So oh, within the club? Within the club. Oh. Now, I think that's uh, harsher, basically. Yeah. What the defenders get? So they yeah. must have some... Is there a bonus uh, for bonus clean sheets? Clean if you get 15, we'll all give you a couple of quid. Yeah, I mean... So, I, I don't know. It, yeah. it plays to the... To the yeah, because the only one that kind of really raised it up a notch, whatever about players fighting about the penalty, that's grand. P- players do that all the time. But the Danny Alves one where he grabs the ball ahead of Cavani for a free kick and holds onto it and basically gives it to Neymar yeah and he claimed oh I was really going to go for it myself well then why didn't you take it yourself yeah you know yeah. You're, you're looking after your mate mate dress it up all you want yeah so there's the is there going to be the Brazilian divide against the rest because he has a nice little harem there with Marquinhos and yeah uh, Thiago Silva's the captain now he's got a tough role because obviously he's Brazilian he'll be kind of team Brazil but he'll need to kind of keep the, well, the harmony he, in the squad because Cavani's a big player the whole point of Paris really being a top side is having that front three that's, and that centre forward Neymar, Cavani and Bappe, things up you know and, it's simple yeah. as that they have to be all kept and Neymar knows that and 
if he's a bit more clever, he could be the leader of it, a bit like Messi was. Yeah. And take all the plaudits and get his precious Ballon d'Or if that's what he's really after. Is he trying to stamp his authority straight away? Listen, I'm I'm the number one here, and Cavani has been. I mean, he's been there, and he's going. Yeah. Listen, I'm not taking your nonsense. But he looks like a guy who doesn't take nonsense. So was, Neymar would want to be careful. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that. <laughs> I'd like to see that. I have to say. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we have the World Grand Prix of Darts. That's right. Coming up to City West, yeah. And, and First week in sale. October We may have We must have a look at it um, But I haven't been to it And that's That's the one where you have to Start off with a double Isn't it? Uh, double in double out So yeah. you start with a double And finish the double So it, it's interesting it's, it's a real Irish thing apparently Like um, obviously it's done Everywhere but it, That's kind of a common thing In Ireland more so And hence why They do it here But uh, yeah Most of the time It's not too much of an issue With the guys But there's nothing more annoying In a leg Where a guy misses the double Maybe say twice and the other guy's already got off to the mark and he's, the, the, le- the, the leg is practically over. But it's a great leveller. And if you're a good doubles guy, it gives you a great chance against some of the guys who really are better scorers than you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I was actually looking up here. Brendan Dolan. The one and only, yeah. Nine darter with a it's double in, like, double out start. Yeah. And basically, I presume it's a 160 start. It's a one. You have to get a one sixty start. So one sixty, one eighty. That so I'm gonna go Carl Vorderman here. So that's one sixty, one eighty. That's three forty. So yeah. So one six one finish. I presume. That's Great start by Wade. Oh, he's gonna be in contention. He's going to be in contention for this leg. Is he just one sixty maximum start without using the ball? And game on, oh, unlucky Wade. It's going wrong for Wade now. What a chance for the Irishman here, Rod. Massive chance. And what was James Wade going for the bullseye 25 with that third dart? You know, in the first three, I couldn't understand that. Now, Brendan, and again, that first dart's in. Absolutely perfect. Second one is perfect. This could be the set, and his second, 180 off this leg. And what a great leg to put in against the throw. The nine dart finishes on what a story this could be on the Emerald Isle here on the outskirts of Dublin. It's Dolan one six one. Yes, two more perfect darts. Treble seventeen. Yes, Go on. bullseye, bullseye for the nine. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So that's Brendan Dolan. That was the first ever nine dart finish. And With a double did, start, yeah. He does it in Ireland. And, he, and, and, it's and of course, yeah, and against James Wade. So a bit of the Ireland, England and the crowd. And fairness the way that you see it in the video there, he's trying to get the crowd to calm, calm down, down the last three. Because yeah, yeah. he knows just how big yeah, it is. You're never like. getting the crowd calm and down. Not like a that. danger. But not that, that's, even looking at that now and you get the chills because it's mm. just a, it's such a big moment. Ah, mass hysteria, you know. You can't help but being bright. But no, it's a good crack. I've been to, actually I've been around a bit. I've been in City West a good few times. We went up to the Odyssey as well for the Premier League and we and I uh, made the hollow ground of the Winter Gardens in Blackpool for the Grand Prix as well super did you? yeah yeah super stuff very good I haven't been at the darts yet so it's I'm great crack um, I'd kind of I'd go f- kind of near the end of the week now right. if you want to go and see Mosum go at the start of the week but it, just be, it can be very quiet and you're not going to get the the Larry kind of what you'd expect out of darts as much yeah and you can see it the first Monday, Tuesday Monday, it does be a bit quieter and stuff like that so yeah, yeah the Friday, Saturday, Sunday that's probably where you get the tickets exactly but the Friday, Saturday, Sunday now would be definitely if you want to get the atmosphere get mixed in, in without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. But no, good day out. Good crack with the boys. David Ginola. Oh, yes. David. 
David. <laughs> David had a bit of a, a health scare. All oh, right. Um, There's nothing no, happened to his face, did it? No, no, oh, he was okay. still beautiful. Well, no, that's dead. good. That's good. Um, he <laughs> was. He died. What? Did, did you not remember he died? No. When? Oh. Well, All right, go ahead. We'll we play the clip. All right, go on. You let know, me. Let fell me. on the floor, and I was, um, and I was dead. Uh, but you don't remember it. You just. I, I can't. I can't remember because he was just a sudden, and uh, I felt. For my mates uh, told me that uh, I suddenly fell on the floor, and I, and I was um, biting my. I was uh, tongue swelling my tongue. Oof. And uh, so they called the ambulance people and um, they said, well, concentrate on the heart. But luckily someone... And the we girl, they oh, shocked me. She shocked me once, yeah. twice, three times. And she she looked at my friends and they said, well, your friend is dead. Yeah. So they said, no, 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 no. It's impossible. Look at him. It's impossible. It's our David. We love him. And so she was ready to give up. Well, not give up, but they said, well, after three times, uh, most of the time, it doesn't go back. And and uh, she tried another fourth and fifth. On the fifth time, she got a beat on, on my heart, and she got, got a pulse. Uh, so they, they took me straight to uh, Monaco, to the... the Hospital? Yes, for the heart center, Monaco, and... Uh, but there was a few bits and pieces uh, that happened, and all the nurses they told me that uh, uh, they were they were just amazed by the the, the, the force within me, uh, fighting for, for for to live. It is a miracle. So you have to share life every day. You have to uh, embrace life every day because this is a, a massive opportunity that um, you know life and God give mm. you. Uh, to have a second wow. chance in your life. All the listeners, I mean, if you you are a doubt about when you're reaching 40, 45, 50, uh, this is the, 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 best, the best advice I could give you because I haven't done any checkup. Mm. And, uh, you know, you always think you are, you are indestructible. And, and you, life is not like that. So there you have it. There you have it. Even nice, fit, healthy, beautiful French man. And even he's knocking on the door at one point, you know. So it just goes to show you, it can happen to any of us. And he's in the... I suppose midlife. Yeah. You know, he's not anywhere near the, the, no. the end of his life, but lucky, lucky man. Lucky man. Absolutely. No, I, to be honest, if, I've, if I heard that, I think I'd remember. I just genuinely don't remember that at all. You don't remember that? No. You said it's a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's a few years ago. I remember Jeez. him, and that's the first that he's ta- kind of talked about yeah. it there. But yeah, dead for nine minutes. And, and uh, you know, his friend pumped away at the heart, and then obviously the, yeah. the ambulance came along. But uh, yeah. Take every day as it comes and enjoy it. Damn right, enjoy it. And anyway, we're going to go to the ads and then we'll be back with more. Back here to the big kickoff. That was Bad Sounds at Wades, is one of the other songs that's on the FIFA 18 soundtrack, which is due out on Friday. There's some good songs on it, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, I'll give them that now. And as you said, there's a bit of dross there, as you said, is there? There's a bit of which? Dross. Do you like that word? Rubbish. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> I, I just have that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Listen, we all know about the GPS gate uh, last week's All Ireland final, but the other one that's simmering is the Kick and Tea gate. Yes. 
I heard about this. Come across this that got thrown up. Yeah, I heard yeah. about it. Thrown away the kick and tease and the, and, uh, the Mayo goalkeeper. It was it's all just, it's, it's all silly bitterness now because of defeat kind of thing. Or is it like obviously GPS gate as well. So they obviously have to have something to come back with or it's just whatever. Who cares? I, I don't get it. Yeah. The, the game's over. Forget about yeah. that. You know, but I think that the tea was on the pitch and they said they were throwing it off. Now I'd say it was a bit of gamesmanship. Oh, 100% of course that's what it is. Of course it is. So yeah, moving on, yeah. Moving on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shannon doesn't do gas. Fancy football. Oh, yes. Right, go on, talk about... Hold be, on. Because we haven't touched on it and even though we set it up over the start of the season... I've been leading it. Yeah, so that's why you want to bring it up. And I've it's been not really. I, I didn't realise I didn't have a great week. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was at the bottom as well. So that's why I didn't really want to bring it up. But I think I, I, I fancy myself to be off the bottom just right, at the well, moment. Well, well, yes, so that's why I don't mind talking about it now. Yesterday, Ooh, I, I went had, up five places. Did you? Yeah. So you're fifth from bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I had Lukaku as captain, but I know a lot of people had Harry Kane. Did you have Harry Kane? Yes, I did. And as me skipper. Um, what, how many points did he get over? Uh, 26. So I got 14 for Lukaku. I have Jesus up front. And now this is yes. the this is one of the big things in fantasy football. Jesus or Aguero, yeah. Or Aguero. You don't know with Manchester yeah. City who's going to play or from one week to two. another. Yeah. Because the goal scorers yesterday were, were Sterling, you had Sané, you had Aguero. Yes. And then Fabian Delph comes in. <laughs> you go, what the hell's Fabian Delph doing there? He hasn't played in a year or something, yeah. you know, or a League Cup. So you, you're not sure. And, and, and they're not always the greatest team no. to take a player out of I have De Bruyne and De Bruyne hasn't sparked no. so far no you know he's, he's got but your of course, three points take him out, you know he will yeah, well, that's, the, that's the rules of you're, fancy you're afraid that's why I'm afraid to make changes in my team and that's why I said right I'll take the hit it will click and uh, yeah I had Kane as my captain obviously with 26 I had Salah Pedro Ali got 8 points I don't think he scored but I think he set up 2 of them Chicharito obviously Courtois with me uh, clean sheet after that yeah 1s and zeros. but yeah right. 66 points yesterday I'm off the bottom so that's what matters so the table is I'm still top, but just barely. Oh, it's convenient we're talking about that. Just, top, yeah. <laughs> uh, Noel Shanahan, a second, has 60 points yesterday. Ken Brown's Ken Brown. sitting third, yeah. He's in third. Uh, Neil Dobbs. Adam yeah, Shanahan's not doing too bad either. You know, Shanahan's on Mon- Monopoly. Yeah, uh, Don, he's the run to the litter, is he? Yeah, where is he? Tenth. Where is he? Oh, he's down 10th, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You think he'd have No, actually, no, he's not. Owen Shanahan is the run to the litter oh, yeah, in third. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, there's some there's some players you can do. I looked at Everton. I thought they're going to have a decent back line. Course, yeah. They'll be tight, and it's been nothing like that at all. So no. it's been a bit of a waste of a time. Well, uh, it's frustrating. Anyhow, it? does we'll it take over your life on a Friday? Does it? No. Saturday morning. Saturday morning breakfast, fancy football, and then I have to tell Adam do your fancy football, would you? And he had Pogba in last week, and obviously Pogba yeah, he cleaned up. Um, who else have we got here? We have. Well, actually, before you go into that, right? Yeah. Just very quickly, and I know it's another football one, but it's just bonkers. Mark Sampson. Yes. The women's national manager. Uh, made a scapegoat. Do you think so? Yeah, made a scapegoat. I'm, I'm a little bit inclined to say that as well, because there's been a mistake made here, and obviously by him as well, potentially as well, there's, no, like, there's way more to this, and the rumours are coming out, what it might have been, what it might have been. And allegedly, the, the problem at Bristol was an anonymous complaint a one-time anonymous complaint. But right. what it was, no one's really coming out with. Okay. And that's where it came from. So it, they're kind of making out that, oh, it's really bad what happened at Bristol. But what it's made Even sound... Even though it was investigated What it's made it sound like is is that he had uh, a relationship with That's what's players. coming out now, apparently, yeah. So 
if he did or he didn't, the FA knew this before they and took him on. And now because of this race thing that... Yep. What's, what's that girl's name? Any Any Aluko. She's Sonia Aluko's sister. Yeah. So when this came up, it seemed very convenient then for them to go back yeah. and use this as a reason to get rid of Because one of her them. actual complaints, and then this is very much everyday stuff you'd hear in football. One of her complaints, they were mic'd up maybe for a documentary or something with a couple of the coaches are on the sideline just chit-chatting, watching yeah. training. Yeah. And one of her complaints was, somebody mentioned, oh, her stats are really good, she's quite fit. And then, you know, she's, she's lazy as whatever, right? Yeah. That was it, just chit-chat. And then she makes a mistake about 20 minutes later. And I was like, ah, for F's sake, any. And that's all it was. That's one of her complaints. Right. Now, I know a little bit about them. I watch a bit. And to be honest, I've never rated her that much. She's all pace. And personally, I don't think nothing else. Yeah. And I... Potential other side of the argument is she's just a bit jilted. Her nose has been put out of joint. That's my opinion, potentially. Yeah. And all players find angles and blame the manager for reasons why they're not in. We all do it. If I wasn't playing, I'd be poking holes going, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And you're poking holes at players on the pitch. And I'm is not there, saying that's the ultimate reason. But is there a I case know. that he needed to be looking out for himself a lot more than he has been? Yeah. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, potentially. Um, but somebody's out to get him and I'm not saying I'm not justifying it because to be honest whenever I hear him interviewed I'm not as big as fan he's a bit David Brent like yeah. some of it so I'm not as big as fan so I don't really care too much for it but just how true it all is is a different story but he's definitely his his bib is seriously dirty now and he's, whether it's true or not his career is, is in trouble he's in trouble yeah yeah. Um, I think we'll go to a song will yeah, we? no worries and uh, we'll and then we have our go on Guess Johnny Regan, I, I, I know he's potentially listening outside. I hope he ran. I'd be disappointed if he didn't run. We go, go, we go to an ad break. Did he run? No, he's very still. He's not listening. <laughs> go to an ad break. Yeah, we will do. And then we back with Dan with Johnny. Yeah. Broadcasting to Lucan. This is Liffy Sound. 96.4 FM. Okay, welcome back to the big kickoff and Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. We've had some great guests in our short spell as a sports show, from Olympic champions to Premier League players to elite coaches. But our next guest has me excited the most. Running wouldn't be my thing. Absolutely far from it, I have to say. But for John Regan, it is his thing. Being an ultra runner must have some huge ups, some huge downs and some great tales. And today's John hopefully is going to share some of them tales. John, welcome to the big kickoff. Well, thanks for having me. No problem. Listen, John, ultra runner. Define it. And how did you stumble across the world? (laughs) Ultra running is basically any distance beyond the marathon, but typically it starts at 50k. Next distance up will be 100k, 100 miles. Then you go into time-based races, which will be 12 hours, 24 hours, and it goes on and on. And it it really just varies from running on the track, running on road, running across uh, extreme environments, mountains, deserts, and... That's more or less it in a nutshell. So how did you stumble across? Jeez. I mean, how do you how, how do you well, how do you decide? It's it's not something I I'd, I'd ever thought of doing. I I'd no interest in running. Uh, knew a lot of people running the marathon, couldn't really see any point in it. And I accidentally stumbled across a book called Survival of the Fittest, and in that uh, there was a chapter about a race called the Marathon des Sables, which is 150 miles across yeah. the Sahara Desert. Yeah. Now the reason for me picking up that book was because it also featured a guy called Ronald Fines who I kind of had an interest in him, like I was following some of his exploits okay. when he was you know, travelling to the North Pole, uh, South Pole, stuff like that. And when I read about the Martin they saw, I thought, you know, that's something I'd like to do. And uh, But 
I knew you couldn't, you know, running was a big part of it. So I taught myself how to run. Yeah. Now, because when, when you just came in, you were saying, I asked you where you're going for a run. You said, yeah, I might go up to the track for a couple of hours. So, as I said, listen, is, is that not a bit boring? Go around the track for a few hours, same scenery and all. So is that why the ultra running appealed? Because you were going to see different things, different places. It was a bit more exciting. Yeah, well, I, I started to then use the ultra running as uh, an excuse to travel. Yeah. And it brought me to places that I wouldn't have thought of going. Yeah. Like, you don't go to the Sahara Desert for your holidays. No. You know, if anybody's <laughs> going to... Like, no, I'm going to run and potentially kill myself, yeah. Yeah, well, well, well that's more or less it. And then when, when I got to visit this place, I just thought, you know, this is what the world has to offer. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, not yeah. going on the beach for two weeks. And I, I enjoyed it. And then when, when I came back... Um, I kind of went back into my old ways, wasn't really training, uh, just listened to, listened to people telling me how great I was having, having done what I had what, done. What age were you when you started? Uh, 31, and then I did this, the race of her at age 33, so I gave myself two years to, to train for it. And then I heard about a race in the Yukon, right. which was across snow, and I just kind of thought, well, maybe I've been very hot place running on, on sand. That sounds interesting. That's yeah. 100k, is it? There was 100 miles, yeah, miles. Uh, across the Yukon. Uh, following the the trail of the Yukon Quest dog sleigh race, and that was of interest to me then because if, if I step back a few years, I got to know Ray Mears, the guy who would be on BBC doing the survival training, and and I got to know him back in 1988 before he was famous. Famous, yeah. And over the years, then I went over, did a f- did a few courses with him few weekends and I travelled with him a little bit so I, I spent two weeks in northern uh, Sweden doing Arctic survival training on the same place that the Swedish Army were training okay. and that that appealed to me so then I thought maybe I'm going to bring these skills to the Yukon Together, and yeah, yeah so I went to the Yukon had a little mishap early on the race but went on to win it and then I just thought you know I could have I'm enjoying this How was your mishap? Uh, well I was Hauling a sledge and then to join yourself with a sledge, you have two uh, poles, two runners, yeah. Sim- similar to what you would use for holding uh, cables in in your house on conduit. And I was going, uh, turning off the trail down towards a river. Going to take uh, it was a very very steep bank and it was night time, so couldn't you know it was very hard to find the way. And the sled overturned, so the the bottom of the binding where it was where it was joined to the sled. Uh, came away and I lost the nut that was securing it right so a bit of a disaster but then I thought no this, this is what I'm here for I'm here for an adventure yeah so what I did was I, I had a uh, duct tape on the handle of my shovel which would be used for right. clear snow <laughs> and I took the duct tape off and I wrapped the duct, duct tape around that I thought yeah this, this, will do. this is survival this is what I'm doing and so I went on to win the race so it's about, yeah, about fixing problems isn't it yeah, Being, yeah that's yeah. it uh, one of the runs that caught my eye probably most of all, uh, is, and it's a huge challenge, is the seven marathons, seven continents, seven days. Uh, I'll read it a little bit. It says, where competitors will undoubtedly suffer from marathon fatigue, jet lag and sleep deprivation. So what attracted you to it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... And I know you did it with Sinead, I did it with, it? with Sinead, okay, yeah, visually impaired and I was guide runner. But I, I had been to all those places before. That, that was right. my second time running on the seven continents, so... I, I had an idea of what to expect and I've travelled a lot so I, I know how to deal with uh, stuff like jet lag and sleep deprivation. The first and time though, how did, how, how did it feel the first time? When well, you- I thought the, the first time 
Well, I suppose you, you kind of forget what the first time was like, you know, and that's what makes you want to do it again. Right. It's like having a baby, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose like when, when you're in the desert, you, you, you want to be in the Arctic. When you're in the Arctic, you're back <laughs> in the desert, you know. There's, you, you, you do forget certain things. But with something like jet lag and sleep deprivation, it really, it's, it's, it's a mental thing. You just accept that it's a temporary situation. Yeah. Like when you're in the race, you know there's going to be a finish line. And just accept it and know that it's going to end soon. And you know you can, you're just going to suffer a little bit when, of, when it's over. You know, speaking of that, obviously Paula Radcliffe would say she just constantly count to hundred to keep the brain ticking over to kind of zone out. Do you kind of have any technique well, as your? Well, I wouldn't count to hundred because that would be too long. But what I would do with the figure of hundred is I'd break it down into more manageable chunks. Yeah, uh, it's like the way you know if you're going to eat an elephant, you wouldn't be doing it like an anaconda trying to swallow all the yeah. <laughs> taking bites out of it. You know, yeah. plus you want to know that you actually like like the taste of it. I, I would break 100 down into 250s and then I'd break the 50 down into 25. So I'd say 25 is halfway to halfway. Yeah. yeah. And then when I get to 50, I'd, I'd, I'd count it down backwards. And we apply little tricks to that. So as a, as a practical example, if I was driving from where we are now to Cork, yeah. uh, first of all, you, you, you visualize the journey. Now, people you know, they don't always understand what, when you talk about visualization and they, they think they can't do it. But if I said to you, okay, I want you to drive to Cork now, you would in your head be instinctively picking your journey out along the yeah. motorway. And where to stop so, and what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for me, the, like, the trickiest part is, is getting from here to Nice because it's back roads. And all. Yeah. So I would blank that out and my journey would then start when I got that tricky bit over. And then I'd have a look at the signpost and I'd say, uh, Port Leash, 40 kilometres. And I would reset the speedo in the car. Yeah. And I'd go to Port Leash and then I'd look at the next one, I might say, you know, Board Hill. So you're not I'm, looking at the top of the hill, I, I, so to speak. I, I, you're just I, I'm looking not at looking at 200 kilometres, yeah. I'm looking yeah. at 50. Because Clever. if you don't get to Port Leash, you're not going to get to Cork. Correct. Yeah. And I break it down into something that, you know, I, I can manage. And that's, that's how I, I apply that strategy to races. I apply that strategy to everything I do now. Okay. Yeah. Because we had. Jerry Martin in last week who was yeah. a sports psychologist and the visualisation thing I was talking mm. about visualisation I believe in it hugely so before you run all your races have you ran your races? More or less uh, now of course you, 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 you can't totally prepare for uh, for the environment but I, I know that uh, in way you can kind of predict the future based on what you've done in the past like say, if I was going to do a 100-kilometre race, I will have previously done races of that distance and longer, so I know the distance isn't going to challenge me. Yeah. If I'm going into mountains, I, I've been in lots of mountains, so I know that's not going to be a challenge. So it's, it's the uniqueness of the environment, but then that's the attraction that'll actually get me through it. So it's somewhere new. I'm going into familiar territory in a way, yeah. uh, whether it's the environment, the temperature, the altitude. But I'm getting to experience what this what this has to offer, and that to me is invigorating. That's motivating, and that I don't kind of look on it then as as being kind of daunting and a challenge. I'm actually looking forward to it and, and you know em, embracing it. Yeah, yeah. The just that run the seven continents, seven days, seven marathons, thirty six grand to enter. Yeah, well, yeah. Discuss. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's actually cheap is if it? you were to consider like if. To go to Antarctica. Yeah, it's just about to say, yeah, to travel alone, it's probably, yeah. yeah. Um, so how, how, so do you, how do you come up with that funds? Have you won the lotto or do you get sponsorship? No, well, well sponsorship, uh, that's really why, like, there's no way I could afford something like that, so sponsorship. So uh, 
we were a long time looking for a sponsor for, for, for this race. Now, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that I, I have a kid sponsor, a great outdoor shop in, in Graven Street. Right. They, they've been a long-term sponsor of mine, so right. that has taken away... Uh, that burden. Yeah, that burden, which, which means that I was in a position from an early stage to actually in, uh, invest money in my own travel and stuff like that, because I didn't have to worry about anything like that. Yeah. So those little things do make a difference. And now I, I would test gear for them as well. So it's we kind of work together. Work together. They, if they're looking at getting a, a, new, a new brand in or a new product, they come to me and say, look, will you let us know what you think of this? Well, I say I don't like it. They won't stop. You know, little right. But anyway, with, with regards to looking for uh, sponsorship, this was a very, very big project. So you have to you have to justify, uh, you know, a company actually fork, forking out money like that. So I would have approached that in the same way as if I was, you know, maybe setting up a business. Yeah. And I, my, I, I didn't just go to somebody saying, look, oh, we want to do this. Can you can you give me this? It was created the business plan, and you had to let them see what they were going to getting in, yeah. in return. And you have to make the conscious effort to, I suppose, g- g- uh, give them something more than than uh, their investment. Right. And, and so, if a, if a, if, a, if a newbie was going in first timer, how did they go about it? Well, it's very very hard for a newbie because first of all, you have to, you have to, uh, I suppose, you have to be able to prove that you can you, can you can do what you say it. you're going to do. Like you know. So there has to be, I suppose, uh, an element of risk and uncertainty to, yeah. to make the thing interesting. But you have to have some kind of a background. It's, it's like, you know, if I said to you, right, we're, we're probably going to do, do a charity thing and we're going to eat a shark. Yeah. <laughs> and then you turn it, you take the first bite and you just go, don't like eat, you, don't, you don't like the taste of fish. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, you, yeah. you know, if, if, if I was... Knew somebody who's, who was going looking for sponsorship for a race across the Sahara Desert, they'd want to first of all have proven that they have done a few marathons and something maybe a little bit more extreme. More extreme than that. Yeah, yeah. So you're hungry, are you? Sharks and elephants. Well, oh, <laughs> <laughs> have your breakfast as well. <laughs> Pretty hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, what are the side effects of, of long runs? Because you know, if you, the chafing and all that sort of stuff, but your your toes and your joints and stuff like that. Is there ever anything that? Say maybe even you have personally that is a constant irritation. To no, you. there's no. I, or you just have the right gear and you have the, yeah, the experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think if if you if you have the the, the right gear, that that makes a big big difference. And the same for anything. Uh, when you're saying about uh, problems, uh, one of my biggest problems will be people telling me what's going to go wrong. Right. And you know, the, you, you know. Uh, someone may be saying you, my uncle used to run marathons and he had to get replacement knees and all this blah 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 but if look if you had your car and the tracking was gone on it you're going to keep replacing your tyres yeah. but if you keep if you keep that car serviced yeah. you're not going to have those problems maintenance maintenance I don't have any issues like us with the comparison with tyres my runners would be my tyres I don't wait until you know my, my feet are coming out of the, out of the right. and what about the, body the maintenance do you body maintenance I, well look I I I, I, I run, I do a bit of strength training in the gym. Okay. And I don't have any concerns. Okay. Like, do you I get deep tissue massages every now and again? Or? When I need them. Yeah, okay. You know, and maybe if, if I was going into a race, I'd, I'd go and get something done like that. But I, I, would, I would get my blood checked regularly. That, that's something I would do. And uh, if, if I did have any kind of concerns, like if I did notice that... Uh, it wasn't feeling right, I, I'd go and get myself checked out with okay. the doctor. Because I think people treat treat their cars better than they, they treat yeah, themselves. Their so, you know, if you bring a car into a regular yeah. service, you should do it to yourself. And I think because of that, I, I just, I don't have any uh, issues. 
Eating, training and recovery. Well, recovery is the important part because you can only, you can do all the training in the world, but you have to be able to recover from it. Yeah. So the recovery is the important part. Now, back in 2009, I was doing a race in the Phoenix Park and I just knew during that race that something wasn't right. I felt I was going faster than I was. Uh, I, I use a heart rate monitor, so okay. I'm always monitoring my heart rate and I could see my heart rate was, was lower than what it should be. Uh, for the effort, my perceived effort. I mean, I was going up a hill, the heart rate wasn't changing, so okay. I knew there was something wrong here. So, next day, I made an appointment with a sports doctor in Trinity College, went into him, and he said to me, okay, well, you're overtraining. And I was thinking to myself, well, I, I can't be overtraining because <laughs> I, I knew I wasn't going to over, I wasn't overdoing it. But what I was doing was under-recovering. Right, okay. So, it's the same thing, but just said in a different way. Okay. So, I wasn't getting enough sleep, and I was getting up too early and I was running into work and running home and I was trying to whatever those windows of opportunity I was trying to fill them with yeah. what I wanted to do and that's what I was doing you know so I made changes back then in 2009 and it was actually after, a month after speaking to him when I kind of made that kind of correction of my training that I, I went off I did a 24 hour race I was told that a good distance to run would be 220 kilometres I made, came up, up with a plan and I ran 220 kilometres and 21 metres and <coughs> I've been running on the Irish ultra running team since then Right If you hear a lot of people who on a general day to day I'm lacking energy don't have the you know I can never get up and go running or you know it's also the football training oh god I can't what little tip would you give people to boost their energy? Yeah, well, well, well that happens as all, well. and it ha- happens happens me as well uh, quite regularly. And a lot of times, it's, it's it's down to I suppose just lack of oxygen to the brain. You can be it, it can be mental fatigue rather than physical. Yeah. Like yeah. If okay, if you could walk home in town or you could drive home in town, and you would be alert. If you were getting the bus home, you might even fall asleep because yeah. you don't have yeah. to do anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. And plus, you see your house as a finish line, finish line of your day. So I'd say, kind of have something that's representative of what you want to do with you. So if you're going football training, have something uh, that's connected with that. Whether it's your, it's your food for after training, whether it's a recovery drink, or or maybe go straight to training from work. From that's work, how yeah. that's how I like to do it. Because uh, it's almost shut down when you get home. It's, always, it's, it's, the, finish it line. it's the finish line. Yeah. yeah, it's the finish line. So. If, if you, and if that finish line is in between your st- your starting line, which is the end of your working day, and where you have to go, it, it's almost like a magnetic draw that will bring you there. So you have to try and avoid that. Yeah. So maybe maybe uh, in your head plan beyond that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, Twenty. So I'll just go back to it. Like when I'm I'm coaching on the track on Mondays and Wednesdays, and I go straight to the track. I start at seven. Where's your track? It's in Leakslip. Okay. Uh, I go straight to the track. So I'm when I get off the off the train, uh, I'm heading out to the track. I don't go home. Yeah. So you're not letting the body shut down. Correct. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that famous one where you hit the couch and it's like, oh. yeah. Well, that's it. That's it's it. It's like, everything relaxes. Yeah, it's that. like the old cowboy film. So the guy after he's been attacked by the Indians and he's <laughs> eventually gets to a fourth a couple of days later, and when he gets inside the door, he collapses. Yeah. And that's yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. You've used everything yeah. up nearly. Yeah. Twenty-four hour races. Is there breaks? Is there what, well, what way do they work? You you can take breaks if you want, but 
But and you can run straight through if you want. You, you, well, you have to run if, if you if you want to be finishing up at the top end. Of the okay. Race, you have to yeah forget about breaks. So how does that? How do you how do you train <coughs> do you kind of, for a twenty four? Well, you see, race? It, it's it's a hard one to actually just train for. You 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 can't train for that the same way as you train for a marathon. You train for a marathon over a series of weeks, but the twenty four hour racing is done over. Months, years—it's it's stuff you've already done, so you have to have that kind of background. background I think yeah. it's it's all all the sports that you've done will kind of come together uh, with this, and suppose it just it's it's being able to uh, kind of em- embrace the, the the bits of hardship that happened during, yeah. and resist the temptation to stop and to sit down and and to just keep going. Like, is it yeah. like? A steady pace for twenty four hours, or do you kind of go up and down? Well, your best to do a steady pace. A yeah. steady pace is uh, what's the word? It, it's it's the pace that will actually get you to finish, rather than if you haven't kind of peaks and troughs. Yeah. you know, I suppose you want to be kind of cruising. Yes. and that's when you're most economical. Yeah. you kind of get into your groove, and you know, you you let your support crew know what you want. You know, you'll be passing them every lap. Now, the lap can vary from four hundred meters to maybe a kilometer. But you, you you tell them what you want. They pass it out to you. You kind of eat on the move. The stops would basically be to you know if you had to go to the toilet. Yeah, stuff mm. for that. So what happens with the poo situation? There's, like is it, when you well, run for that long? Yeah. What does your body do? Does it? Well, are you going more? Are you going less? You, you you're going less. We see you 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 shouldn't be. You don't really need to eat a lot during during these races because it's topics, is it? Yeah, yeah. So here's a replenishing rather than replace and it's it's mostly fluids and then the environmental conditions of soil will kind of determine what you need there so you kind of get get an idea of of how you're going and then you a balance you, know, you kind of strike a balance and toilets if, if you have to be you know making too many toilet stops it means you're consuming too much yeah. mm. so you can kind of prepare yourself for that beforehand by you know not taking too much fibrous foods, right. not taking well, foods you, 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 you must have made some m- mistakes or oh, accidents, yeah, yeah. have you? Well, you see, oh, to, oh, I would the never, desert or whatever, where correct. it's Correct. I, I, I would never look at them as being mistakes because you can always, no matter what you do, once you can actually learn from something, and, and, and that is, is how you perfect your craft, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is by making these discoveries. Yeah, they're they're experiments. Out, yeah. And it's the same as the scientists. They don't call them mistakes. They call them experiments. And, yeah. and that's it. And, but once you learn from it, yeah. now, just when, you, when you're talking about the, the desert there, I, in the evening time, I had this routine where I, I had, uh, you, you had to be very, uh, I suppose, uh, very frugal with what you bring with you. you know, if, if you can't eat it or if it's not going to function, you shouldn't be carrying it. So no luxuries. So you carry baby wipes for when you had to go to the toilet in the right. evening and wash your hands. So you wash your hands and face the baby wipes in the morning and that becomes toilet paper in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one evening when I was kind of in my routine, had my baby wipes, I'd walk for a bit of a distance to go behind the sand dune or whatever. <laughs> I remember sitting down behind the sand dune and uh, in the squatting position, and this hole just opened the ground in front of me. I was like a scorpion nest. No, and I was there panicking. And I opened up this little bag that I had with me, and it wasn't a bag of baby wipes. It was a bag of uh, electrolyte powder. Really? Look, no, nothing came out of the the the, the hole. Luckily enough, now, but uh, that that was scary. I tell you, it came out of a different hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but saying like, obviously, listen to you now. You're incredibly positive, and even I said, that I don't see them as mistakes. 
Has there ever been, like I'm sure you probably have more than one, yeah. but has there ever been a moment where the brain is winning and it's literally shouting at you, geez, just stop, will you? Have you, when have you, have you ever had a real rock bottom well, but you somehow I, managed? I, I did a race in Greece called the Spartathlon, which it's, it, was, it was actually on this day, uh, seven years ago, and that was the longest single stage race I'd ever done, and it was over uh, mountains and that. And I knew the very, very high failure rate. And there was no guarantees that I, I was going to finish this because it was more than I'd ever done. And I started hallucinating uh, at, at one stage. And they were really, they were a very strange hallucination. And most people kind of see stuff that they, they, well, the top were seeing monsters and food. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was seeing real things. Like I was seeing rabbits on the road. <laughs> which, and I saw a man standing on the side of the road and he was smoking a cigarette. And I kind of gave him a little nod as you kind of do, yeah. and all of a sudden he was gone. Right. And then I kind of thought to myself, hey, there's, "There's something wrong here." And then was that your first hallucination? That, kind of? Well, I, I had a, I'd had it in the Yukon as well, okay. but it was it was sort of different. But and then I saw uh, it looked like my garden shed up in front, and then your I own knew garden shed. Yeah, <laughs> and then I knew okay, I'm I'm hallucinating now. So I, I knew I was going to get into trouble because with a hallucination you had to try and will it away. So I walked into the shed. And then I seen that uh, there was a crew with me in the car, and then I could see their car up ahead. So I said, "Right, I'm going to will that away now." And I walked up, and I was just about to walk into the car, and then they they drove off, and I, I knew that I'm really really in trouble here. Right. And then I got to the checkpoint and I left the checkpoint and went started going the wrong direction. I was going going oh, backwards, no. and then I just thought, I, you know, I I told somebody I was hallucinating and it was really really bad and. At that point, I think I was kind of borderline then. So what I did was, I took my head torch off because I knew the sun was going to be coming up soon, and I just said, "It's a new day." I don't. Yeah. And then I just I just woke up then. Right. Have you ever had to? Have you ever stopped? Has any no. uh, any probably any injuries right now? No. There, there was a few times in the, in the twenty four hour races. Yeah. Uh, when it kind of got to a certain stage where I knew I wasn't going to be in kind of a scoring position. And uh, with, with a twenty-four, like it's it's not like another race where where you drop out, you're you you no you've no results. So with the twenty-four races, it's the distance you cover within that. So I'd always make sure to cover at least a hundred miles. Mm. Uh, but if I if I wasn't going to be up up at the top end of the race, I'd you know I say there was no point in in you know uh, continuing on. Yeah, yeah. Know. But apart from that, though, but I've, more of an never, sense, not a case of yeah. Uh, no, I've I've never not finished. Uh, a uh, race never right. and part of the reason for that is because uh, I think it's disrespectful to other competitors so, yeah. around and mm. there are a lot of people out there who would go in a race and when they know they're not getting the position they want they will just drop out rather than have a bad result uh, beside their name but, but you said <laughs> don't that. like that yeah I don't like that myself because it, you want to be positive first of all but you also you want to you're after putting a lot of work into yeah. into a race you're after yeah. putting a lot of time into it and yeah. I suppose you're after getting sponsorship and everything for it so yeah. it's your duty nearly to get yourself yeah, yeah, through exactly, it yeah exactly yeah yeah um, I looked at a video the other night and it's the UVU Volcano Marathon oh yes uh, I think it was on your it was blog a great race and I looked at it and I was thinking because it's just through deserts and yeah, that, uh, it's, it's yeah. at altitude as well, isn't is it? Is that altitude? Yeah. yeah. And did you do that with Sinead as well? Yeah. yeah. How in that race, 
How, how far was that race? That was a marathon distance. Marathon distance. 26.2 How do you know where to go? Because it doesn't look like there are signposts out. Yeah, no, there's no. So how do you there, know where yeah, to go? Yeah, well, that's tricky because there were marker flags put down. So it would be quite small and a, a triangular shaped flag. So you're just hoping you, to see? Yeah, well, I guess it was staged later. <laughs> but for the most part, for the most part there, there is almost like, like a road going through. Okay. And we were following... Uh, kind of a, a desert road sand paths yeah, sorry, uh, yeah and then you, there will be checkpoints with aid stations uh, at certain areas so you would you w- it's probably unlikely that you will get lost right okay now you will be out on your own you would there would be nothing for any direction as far as you could see but right. it would be highly unlikely you that would you brush an aid which I just have well, <laughs> just a couple well, <laughs> we um, I suppose that was part of the challenge as well yeah you know, it was the actual guiding over that terrain. So that could have added a new dimension for, uh, for me as well. And so how did you meet up with Sinead? Well, I, I was uh, guide running for Mark Pollock, you may have heard of. Yeah, so yeah. I was at the North, North Pole with Mark and did a few other races. And Sinead had some, another guide runner uh, who was... Actually, she had a guide runner in, in Dublin. She was, she was funny hard to get a guide runner in Cork. And then she was training for Dublin Marathon and she was having problems with her knee and this guy told her to you know talk to me and i met her just gave her gave her a bit of advice gave the guide a bit of advice and it was after she finished dublin marathon that i kind of knew by both me and my coaches i that there was a lot more potential there that maybe going for the distances and being away from crowds could yeah. make a difference I made a few suggestions and helped with a bit of training with coaching and she went on to do a 50 kilometer race, right. finished quite well. And then I suggested a 12 hour race because I, I could see where the, where the talent was. And with a 12 hour race, I said to her, look, if, if you do the training, you know, arrive here in good shape, you have the potential to actually, you know, beat what is the course record. That was my way of saying to her, win it. But yeah. if I said to win it, that was going to put, you know, pressure. pressure and yeah, yeah. You know, not everybody has that kind of self-belief in themselves. So I mentioned the course record, so we, we'll aim for that. And we went up and she did break the course record. Right, but right. There, was, there was another another girl there, uh, that Amy Masner, a very experienced ultra runner. She she won the race and she, since that since then, runs for Ireland. Right. So uh, you can say Sinead was beaten by uh, an Irish international right. athlete on that day. And then the following year, she went back to the 12-hour race. She was using two other guides. Or 24, yeah, sorry, 12-hour race again. And again, she surpassed her her distances. So I got, you know, spotted that uh, talent there. And that was it. Did you ever think of doing that yourself, blindfolded? Well, before I did, I did the 50 kilometre race with Sinead and Donald Forest Park. Yeah. Before I did that, I put a, I, I went to the park with a friend of mine and I was blindfolded. So okay. I, I'd run part of the course so I'd get a feel for what somebody needs yeah. to know. And I did the same with Mark Pollock. Uh, before we went to the Mount Everest Martin, I went to Glendalock and I was blindfolded and had somebody else guiding me. So you get a feel for what you need to communicate to yeah. the the athlete. And what's that sensation like? Well, a lot of trust, the person, yeah. Well, you see, well here's the thing: the the person that was guiding me, I knew them for a long time, okay. and I was doubting what they were saying to me. I I I wasn't trusting them. Yeah. And only when I got back to the car park, I realised that they were telling the truth. Yeah. Which, and I learned an awful lot from that because 
you know, it, it shows how trusting somebody has to be. Mm. So since that time of when I'm I'm ever guide running, I, I, I never tell a lie. I'm not I'm not like a someone at boot camp saying, you know, just in you know, ten more seconds where yeah, it's twenty. Yeah, yeah. I'm exact, I will say. And if I don't know, I'll say I don't know. And as an example of that would be when I was with Mark and we were over at the uh, Trek No Devers Base Camp. Really, really tough and he'd say to me you know, how, how much more of this climb is there? And I'd say, I'd look at the climb and I'd reference it to something he was familiar with. I'd say, well, I can't see the top because it looks like it's kind of a, a false uh, false top that goes on and on. So I'd say, two times the height of your house and then I should be able to tell you. <laughs> so he knows, or so if you're knows. talking about distance, so, say the length of ground, yeah, but, that, but something that he can relate to. Relate to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's so, Participation levels in running is kind of on a renaissance, yeah, and yeah. as everyone and anyone. So obviously, marathon running, and obviously coming up in October, have you seen a trickle effect coming into ultra running then because of that? Because there's some people are going right after yes. marathon and spilling into ultra run. Yes, and it it, it seems it's almost like ultra running is is, is the new marathon. <laughs> I I would encourage people to try and you know spend time at some of the shorter distances. And yeah. if, you, if you want to be a good ultra runner, so you want to be good at running a hundred k. You want to get good at running 50k. You want to be a good 50k. You need to be good at the marathon. You need, you need to step back, go 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 back to the beginning and improve at the shorter distances, because it all builds from that. You you need that foundation, and it, it's speed that makes the difference. I like that. Yeah. The shorter distances. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, the, but the shorter distances can be harder. Like you you like in an ultra an ultra run, you will kind of suffer from the waist down. Yeah. That's, yeah. And it's kind of achy, painy overall, but from the shorter distances, you know, you get from the from the waist up, and it's it's really hard to kind of push yourself to that point where you're, you know, the brain is trying to tell you to just slow down and yeah. stop. And Your motivation, because when you do a big race, any race, any of the races that you've done, the hundred k, I think the twenty four, the twenty four hour race must be nearly double that. Are they if you're running for 20, yeah, well, twenty four hours? Well, well, my furthest distance for the twenty four race is two hundred and. 29 point something kilometers right. so it's all mental yeah. stuff right so when you finish that and you've, you've, it's a big accomplishment to get through all that when you get home where's the motivation does it go is it looking for something else next is it too early to look for something straight away so how do you get your motivation going again yeah, after? well with me the, the races I suppose usually find me you now there's a certain calendar of events where we with the European Championships and World Championships I'd always be trying to qualify for them and then there's the Irish Championships which is held up in Belfast in, okay. in July and that's that's an open race as well and that's the uh, Athletics Ireland National Championships uh, so anybody who's affiliated with a club can, can, can do that now just I'm going to just step back again to something that you said a moment ago you mentioned about it being all mental it is, it is mostly mental but you have to have the physical yeah. Okay. Mm. So that's if you have a real a very Back strong yeah, if you if you have a strong mind but a weak body, that's when you're going to injure yourself. That's yeah. when you're going to do damage. So you you have to do the training. You know? So what I generally do is be uh, say before a twenty four race, I would ha- I would have ideas of what I'm going to do next, but nothing cast in stone because I, I I think that if you're thinking too much, when it gets tough during the race, you might think, well, I've kind of a consolation. I'll save myself for this next one. And it makes it easy to, you know, drop out. Yeah. So I, I like to kind of uh, both think beyond the finish line, but stay in the moment. Okay. Would, and yeah, go on. Sorry, go on. And, so, and then when, when when I finish the race, I, uh, I keep a training diary, so I kind of know 
how long it takes to kind of you know get ready for certain races. Okay. It's supposed to be a, be at my kind of peak. Take a small break, and the way I usually get back my motivation is through coaching okay. and being yeah, yeah. being in the environment. It's yeah. like maybe with a footballer, you finish the season watching a football match, yeah, yeah, and then you're kind of you're nearly wishing you're out there doing it, yeah. Yeah. And then I integrate myself back in by I, I would get back in training with kind of a slower group and helping them along and, and you know, they're helping me, I'm helping them. So, you know, it's all the boats rise at the same time. So what do you do for downtime? What well, I like listening to music. Right. And uh I I, I read a bit when I can, but I don't, I don't have a lot of Okay. Uh, are, are you ever a runner with music? No. Because I don't like to rely on anything in training yeah. that you know I could have to rely on during there. a race. So I really try Fresh. to strip it back and just kind of go go, go to basics. Yeah. You know, I have my watch and that's basically it. But uh, should the battery wouldn't last twenty four hours anyway. Yeah, well, well plus <laughs> the, I, I can. The last time I ran with music, it was uh, using a it was a cassette an old Sony Walkman. Yeah, and I had Bob Marley Babylon by Bus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be running to work and you know, when the song would change you'd either end up slowing down or speeding up and, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I, I must listen to that album again now. Um, what's left? what's your big dream run? what, what, what do you do? you've done yeah, a lot I have I, I, I've done everything that I possibly want to do but that's not to say I don't want to do anything else there's a race in uh in America, called that, that go. It's called uh, the Bad Water. Okay. Ultra. Now again, you need a support, big support crew, and whatever for that. So it's it works at kind of expensive, and logistically it can be kind of tough. But it's one of the a lot of races call themselves the toughest race in the world. They yeah, all do. Yeah. Mm. And I think that having done some of them, that they're not as tough as, as they're going to say they are. Yeah. And that kind of a my, my reason for doing it is not to say I've done the toughest race, but actually to see. Or, or be able to say that wasn't that tough yeah, yeah. and with the, the race in the Sahara Desert that, that's been called the toughest foot race in the world it's not it's very doable if, if any, anybody that wants to do that if they put in the training there's no problem right, right. You know, there's a lot of nonsense goes on with these things <laughs> <laughs> it's easy so there, there is it's, and I think a lot of people who have, have, have done certain races they, they try to big them up to make it sound as if yeah. you know Maybe they don't want somebody else to do it, so they have something over them. But I'm like I'm I'm a coach, and I I I try to encourage people to do these things. And uh, yeah, there's, you know, if you want to do it, get out and do it. Get out and do it. Don't let somebody you know. It, if you think you can't, go out and prove that you can't. Then don't yeah. let somebody else tell you you can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Especially if you want it. It's that old thing. If you if you think you can, you can't. You're right. Yeah. Well. That, yeah. That and and that's it exactly. Yeah. Yeah. L- London Marathon. They do pace setting. Yeah. That's still I, something I you do. Doing, well. Yeah. When when I, I was doing the race, the first uh, Antarctic Ice Marathon back in 2006, and when I went over to that race, be, before I went to that race, I was in with the guys in Trinity College, and they they were doing tests on me, and they said to me, "With with what you have done and where you've come from." He said, and you prove what you made. He said, you could actually win this race. And I, I wasn't believing that. See, yeah. I, the first time I went to them, I was 86 kilos and I was 19% body fat. Right. And then was in and out a few times. Before this race, I was 70 kilos and I was 9% body fat. Right. And they said, you can actually win this race because I, I'd been to the Arctic the year before and I, I kind of had that cold weather experience. 
but there was always that bit of doubt you said we don't always have that bit of a that that self-belief and before the race started I could hear other competitors talking about this this guy who was, he was a Russian guy very experienced <laughs> and he was the one to watch and the money was on him and I heard somebody giving a guy a tip and he said he pointed at his fellow Stephen Seaton who was the editor of Runners World magazine and he said he is the most experienced runner here he's going to nice and steady get himself around follow him so I thought I'm going to take that advice as well so I started to follow him and I ended up running with him and when we got to halfway I was about to say to him you know will we stay together and then as we get towards the finish we can sprint for the position thinking that it was going to be him but before I said that he commented on my pacing and he told me how he was actually following me and he said you know I think you should actually push on now and see what you can do so I did I finished second in that race and I came back there a changed man and behind that, the Russian yeah but now, and I, I almost caught him right uh, he just he turned around uh, put his back to the wind and he saw me and that, and that changed things and he just he pushed on uh, I think I was four six minutes behind him then, and that was having been maybe 30 minutes behind him no way but I was a changed man after that race so could, do you think you could have if you had more confidence had, yeah. in yourself, played a different. Oh, yeah, well, you see, after that, I, I, I don't just sit back. I actually started to You don't doubt yourself now? No, and I, I'm actually seeing it in a lot of athletes or coaches as well. You get people saying they're not competitive. Everybody's competitive, but it's mm. the lacking in self-belief. If, if you follow a football team, you're competitive. Yeah. If you want your kids to be doing well in exams, you're competitive. But you, you, you haven't got that kind of self-belief because you don't think that you can be competitive yeah. and it's just a man who's kind of starting to strip away a few layers until you find out that yeah I can do it how do you do it you go to something like a park run you find that you can cover five, five kilometres without stopping and then you, you know you go back a few weeks later and you're not looking to win the race but you're looking to beat who you were two or three weeks yeah, ago yeah, yeah, and then you'll get compelled you, you will then realise that yeah I am you know yeah. I have it yeah, I think and that's what happened to me uh, it was a lack of belief but what I then taught myself was well maybe I wasn't believing myself but there were other people believing in me and this guy in Trinity was believing in me he's the expert yeah. and yeah. he's not going to be you know he's nothing to, to gain from this so I, I started to listen to him right Right. You said the one word Russian there, so you can kind of guess where I might go with a question. Uh, well, I no, but now, nothing against quite, him, but you seem that seems quite honest what he said, and you yeah. seem to be more of a team because you all know what you are putting yourselves yeah. through. But obviously, in any sport, is there an element of drugs? Because like when you're doing something to that extreme, there has to be somebody who's thinking this yeah, is too much. The, am I going? There probably is, but I, I'd say with these particular races, yeah. I, I would say I would say no. Yeah. And with this guy, I believe it, yeah. We this guy here, the Russian, um, he was Russian special forces, and I would, no, no way, I, I, yeah. that wouldn't even cross him, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, no, that's interesting because, yeah. like, it's just as he said when you yeah. said he pushed him on. I said, I think it was, it was I have him. to ask, but I can imagine yeah. did, did, did this there's an honor had, among yeah, men in this sport. It was his job, yeah, you know, to be able to do it. Like, this guy had parachuted over the North Pole yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But anyway, I'm at the getting your side right there. You mentioned the pacing, it was after that race. This guy came to me and he said, Look, I'm looking after the pacers for the London Marathon, would you be interested in? And doing it so that was he gave me a call then 2006 they flew me over yeah. I ran with the runners world pacing team and I, I ran the London Marathon maybe eight times since then right. now I, I had to, I had to abandon it there two years ago because I ended up I, I, I won a race uh, that was sponsored by Red Bull and my prize was to go anywhere in the world 
to do one of their races. So <laughs> I had to get in touch with run, to runners' boards and look. I, I, I yeah. can't actually run your race now because I'm extremely. They weren't very happy with me because I'm extremely successful now and I'm winning all sorts of things. Well, I, I, I felt really bad because you know there's you know there is I'd be very loyal yeah. mm. and I always you know anybody who's kind of helped in the way I never forget them and but on this occasion I you know. Uh, yeah, I went, I went to Brazil and did, did a race over there. So I haven't been doing the pacing there since. But I, w- I was pacing in London before there were pace runners in in, in Dublin. Right. And I suppose I uh, knew people involved in that. I, I paced in Dublin and I, I've paced in quite a few different marathons. Uh, I can't really remember how many or all the ones. I try not to kind of think about just as much of what I've done. I couldn't look forward. Just very quickly, Nike did a very uh, a pace set in Martin, like obviously, so it wouldn't be legal. Yeah, where they tried to break the two hours. Will it eventually happen? Do you think? Yes. Yeah, well, to me, that experiment, although they're saying it is an experiment, and it was mm. kind of a, you know a lot of showboating and all. Yeah, of course. Nothing can be done until it's been done. Yeah. So, and I think that when it's been, if, if those guys had gone on the, on, on, under two hours, you know, it's probably it's going to take a while before it happens. It then would have, there's the, the somebody who we, we probably haven't even heard of, yeah, who has that ability, and he'd see that, and then, you know, I, I, he he would go out there with the confidence. It's like when the four minute mile was broken by Roger Bannerson, yeah. nobody thought it could be done, but once he did it, it was broken maybe four times yeah. within a couple of months after it. Because the belief was there. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, listen, it's been utterly f- fascinating, and we don't have enough time to keep talking to you about everything. Mm. We could probably talk all day. And I'd like to go training. You've got training. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, John, thanks very much for, Thank for coming in. And, pleasure. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Galaxy, galaxy. Tell him eat me muffin again now because I don't feel guilty now that he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he actually slagged us about the muffin, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I'd say he would have killed somebody for a muffin now, I'd say. <laughs> Never. That's the one other thing I should have asked him. What's his kind of little treat or his little go when, when all is said and done? Well, he actually said, I says, I'll go out and enjoy your run now. And he says, oh, the thoughts of it. I says, Unreal, what, isn't that's it? What happens. Guy, that's what happens when you... Uh, no, he said that. Yeah, I said, but that's, that's what happens. You hang around with lazy people like us. You feel lazy, don't you? <laughs> anyway. So, FIFA... Excuse me. We've probably got to, like, it's probably got to be shorter little... now because John was so fascinated. A very be shorter, quick shout out because obviously I was thinking of because there's an ad I think with Aviva at the moment where the old fogey's being pushed over the line by his son to take a selfie and he's ticking half the thing and I was thinking of him the other day but it's my dad he's in hospital at the moment and he's after getting his bed for an operation on Tuesday and uh, obviously your man talking about the ultra run and my dad would have ran a lot of marathons. Yeah. So obviously I was thinking of a bit there. So uh, if he's listening, I hope you're enjoying it. And uh, hopefully operation goes well on Tuesday. And then on the Wednesday, I can start calling you mammy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm only joking. It, it, it's not that just in case anyone's listening. He won't be. He'll still be grinning around to everybody else. But <laughs> uh, FIFA, yeah, FIFA is a monster. FIFA 18. Um, and I'm sure obviously looking into it a bit more. I know you're not, you don't play it. As much as much now, all. but I, I certainly will be. It's everywhere. If you look at all the usual websites, the clickbait websites, they're all it's all there. And for the last month, they've been brewing this up, and it's down to it's the ultimate thing. It's down to the ultimate team. It's like the trading card side of things. 
a bit like the match attacks and it's fascinating it's what everyone's into and it's about collecting the best it's a great play isn't it but it's superb like Pro Evolution can get the best game ever and it would still struggle because it just hasn't got this and it is huge and like as you have as you're looking for it now David Moyler has become very popular with it and obviously we know a lot of them in Ireland he's up to 250,000 he's close to 250,000 subscribers now yeah and he puts up a lot of videos of him playing, taking on the boy, like they're in the team hotel in Ireland. He's taking on Harry Arthur, who's a bit decent as well. Yeah. He'd be on for 10 or 15 minutes and he's got his sponsors now and he, that's a nice little revenue stream for him outside oh, of football, it's, it's as you now know. Um, and we have to have a lot of time in his hands so he can get, he can get through this. 100%. And, and, and give 100%. It a lot. So, um, which are you going to go with the soccer aim clip? No, first? I think I'll go with soccer aim clip. Yeah, basically, uh, he was. This is the first time he's introduced to his actual trading card and what his stats are. And this is a big thing for the footballers. I think even Deli Ali was on during the week. They take it very personally. They really they? do. And de- I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about Dave Moyler after this one. But this is the clip where the lads basically show him his card. EA Sports revealing all the players' ratings. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, 29th of September. Card, We've got an exclusive. <laughs> These are your stats. Are you happy? No, I'm fuming. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Show, 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 oh dear. Show to the camera. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Show to the camera. Yeah. I didn't even want to show the camera. One, I've gone from 72 to 69. Turn my around, pace, see it. Yeah, my pace has gone from 55 to 54. I think they're doing you a favour there. Jimmy, 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 you were slow. No. I ain't that slow. <laughs> um, what about this shoot. then, shooting? Definitely not 64. More 50s. No, I'm, 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 baby, I'm going to 69. <laughs> he's devastated. Okay, oh, yeah. he's, he's, having, he's having a bad 24 hours. Look, you. How can I go home and look at me daughter? <laughs> <laughs> what have we done to David Myra? And I wouldn't mind, but this was after they were beating 5 nothing. Was it? Uh, the night before. <sighs> because I think John Walters, a couple of the Irish boys, got on. Like, what are you doing going on that now? And this, that, and you're going to have to be in before you nothing. But, like, commitments are commitments. But, uh, yeah, yeah, proper disgusted. So, yeah, they do. They take it very personally. Yeah. And uh, he has that thing with Jordan Henderson, where they used to be teammates of Sunderland. Yeah, and I think he's at 72 pace. And it's, the pace is bothering him badly. And badly, he was yeah. on one of the videos. And he said, look, if I get over 10,000 likes, I'm going to challenge him to a race to prove that. I'm not that slow. And he, so he's not saying he's going to beat Marin like that. I think he wants I think to say he meant, he's as good as... Didn't he mean views? Of 10,000 uh, views. Apologies. He said likes. He did say likes. As well, but I think he means like views. 30-odd thousand or something. No? Well, oh, it's gone up again. Well, the, the last time the, I checked. The views on, on that particular video are over a half a million now. <laughs> so there's a few races he owes us now. But that yeah. would be interesting now. I, I'd say it'll happen now. Because it's great for his YouTube channel. Good for the two of them and the whole lot. Yeah, somebody will go, yeah, we need to do this. But it's a massive thing. And as I said, I didn't look into it. I could just see the headline at the bottom of Sky Sports now. The Dali Ali. And this is actually a bloody headline. So what way does the packs work? Basically... You gain points every time you play, experience points, yeah. uh, a few T points or whatever they are. And the better you play, the more points you get. And of course, there's different packs, bronze, silver, gold, and all that kind of right. stuff. So bronze are bronze would be kind of players up to around 60, I think, of a rate. Right, okay. The exact thing. And then silver would be 60 to 70. So they're saving uh, up for the gold because you want to get the big lads as much I'm as sure you can. I, I only opened one last week, 7,500 points. Took me a couple of games and I really worked for it. And then we opened the pack and it was a disaster. Was it? An awful waste of Who'd money. Who'd you get? Who was the best you got? Rami from um, Marseille, centre half. Now he's an 82 rating, but it was like, oh. Jeez. Because you have to build chemistry in your team. So the better the chemistry, what players tend to do is they'll stick to a league. Right. So just Premier League players or Bundesliga players are the same nationality because obviously their chemistry obviously get up to 100 and stuff like that. So I'm kind of gone more Premier League 
teams. My team is Buggles in town, actually. But right, uh, okay. looking for. But uh, it's fascinating, and of course, the other clever way of doing it as well. There's a money element as well because you can do it through experience points or whatever. But there's FIFA points. Right. So obviously, it's cheaper with FIFA points, but you have to pay for them. So uh, it could be like it's ninety nine cent for say a hundred points or whatever, and they build it up slowly but surely, and you can buy a thousand points. Now a pack might only cost a hundred, hundred and fifty, so you can get plenty out of it. But obviously, you pay for it. So if you get Rami like you yes. did. Is he oh, in your him out straight away. Can you play him in your team? Oh yeah, of course you can. That's what it is. Oh yeah. So, so you have to acquire these players yours. to be able to play you know, them. You get other little things called consumables, which is healing contracts because every time they play, it's a contract. So they, oh. you might only have them for eight games. So but, after but do the, other you, people have Rami as well? Obviously. Oh yeah, exactly. But, but you only have them for so long. Exactly. Okay. And now you can buy contracts and give them more game time of the whole lot. And ninety nine player contracts are the biggest one. And so if you don't have. Any of those players are you just left with sort of basic EA oh, yeah, you sports get, you, players? You get a basic starter yeah, and you're usually yeah, around the, yeah. the, the bronze level, obviously, and you just slowly but surely build them up and okay. go for the big goal boys. And obviously, oh, your Ronaldo's maker, and Messi's are harder and harder to get. So if you get your hands on them, you just cherish them. And of course, uh, we won't play the clip now, it's too late, but yeah. uh, he packed Pele. The very first the very pack first he opened, pack, it was a yeah. FIFA 18 launch, obviously, with a few other well-known FIFA people and YouTubers and the whole lot. And he had a crazy amount of points and his first pack... Was Pele it walks Pele and, and the sheer he jealous. lost his mind didn't he ah, and the jealousy yeah you're going to say from everyone else everyone oh typical Premier footballer gets Pele yeah, yeah. and I think on that day I think some other guy got married on and that was about it so it's not exactly something that happens too often and you have to really kind of get them with that otherwise you're going to have to shell out a lot of money to really pay for them because they're crazy yeah, yeah. Uh, money kind of thing they have a uh, career mode career, mo- uh, career mode is brilliant is it uh, that's gone up a notch this year uh, there's got, it's a bit more movie based kind yeah. of drama based when you're trying to sign players yeah. uh, the the one with Alex Hunter you are Alex Hunter that's that's another big one it's like a story mode where you are this player you start off playing your little Sunday league football and you eventually get signed up and the first seat you only play one season every year obviously and last year it was basically you work your way up to the FA Cup final but this year obviously all the big wigs are after him and you can join Paris Bayern LA Galaxy Real Madrid and all that so there's little videos of you talking to Ronaldo and stuff like that and your granddad and your agents and stuff and you make decisions about how your career goes throughout the season and obviously you play games as well so people buy into that as well yeah. like you know so it's a pity we didn't have more time maybe yeah. we'll touch ah, on it again we can touch on it because like in fairness hopefully I'll have uh, sampled a bit of it so we can talk a bit more about it next week and plus it's going to blow up over the next few days whenever and like the demo's out at the moment so people can play around with it anyway but obviously come Friday and it's big books as well that's the other side of it yeah. like the winner of the FIFA World Championships uh, he's actually an English guy Spencer Ealing he won $200,000 uh, first prize now they have a kind of a series throughout the year yeah. where there's over $1.3 million worth of prize money no way and there's just very briefly professional club signed players now and right. you get signed to contracts I think Man City have one Feyenoord a few of the big boys and they play all these well known game and tournaments and uh, they represent these clubs and they'll wear their jerseys and obviously they aren't, like, they'll probably provide expenses and travel for them and obviously the prize money then is for themselves so it's, it's, it's massive Seriously? business okay. massive massive business when's it out? Uh, Midnight Thursday into Sunday. Like, it's out 20 nights. And, and they're open at midnight. Smith and I definitely are open okay. at midnight. So, yeah. All right. We'll uh, end with a song from FIFA 18. Everyone enjoy your weekend. And if you do get onto FIFA 18, let us know how you're getting on. And we might even... My tag is your ma. So, if you're looking for it, look for your ma. <laughs> yeah, for your ma. <laughs> okay. This is the beautiful game. <laughs> 